Hey, how are you doing? Dean Dwyer, welcome to another episode of The Mindset Show. Um, if you're new to the show or if you are not new to the show, it doesn't really matter, but this is a show about mindset. So what I do is I try to take you behind the scenes of either how I'm thinking about something or perhaps it's somebody else who's got a great thinking process and I take you behind how they're thinking. The whole point is to pull out all the sort of principles that you can use and apply in your life. So uh, what I wanted to do today was I wanted to share um, a question that my mother asked me actually uh, last night on a phone call. And I want to share with you uh, my answer to that question because I think it'll be really valuable for you. Now, um, I always sort of do this, but I'm actually going that this is all within the context of building a successful body. So keep in mind that there are principles at play here that apply to any area of your life. So don't exclude it or uh, um, that's not the word I'm trying to <laughs> Don't dismiss it. Thank you very much, Brain, for helping me out there. Don't dismiss it because um, you think, oh, that's body. I don't have a problem with my body. It, it's the principle. You can apply it to your finances. You can apply it to your relationships. You can apply it to your mental health. It can be applied anywhere. So, um, so let me sort of backtrack and I'll give you a little bit of context because we were, um, I am back in Toronto now. And, you know, she, uh, we were just talking about how things are going here for me. And I mentioned to her that I hit a few milestones with regards to building my version of a successful body. So for the first time uh, since I was a baby, I am below 170 pounds. Now, I'm just, uh, I'm just checking to see if you're listening. Um, I think that the last time I was under 170 pounds was my second year university. So I was 19 and I gained a lot of weight my first year and then I started doing all this stuff and I ended up losing a bunch of weight. Uh, Of course, I put it all back on again uh, later that year and over the next few (laughs) years of my university life. I think think at my heaviest, and I never weighed myself, but I think at my heaviest, I was probably about 210 pounds, which again, for a guy who's five foot nine, that's a lot of weight. so anyhow, uh, I now weigh, uh, you know, again, this takes me back, you know, like 35 years ago that I'm at a weight now that I was at 35 years ago, which in some ways is a bit, uh, it's a bit surreal actually to, to think about it that way. Um, but the other thing that uh, I was mentioning to her was, so yesterday, so one of the, one of the upsides when you get yourself down to your goal weight, well, actually, sorry, I don't think I'm at my goal weight yet. That's a, that'll be a different podcast, but um, there's still, I, I'm probably about five. I don't exactly know what my goal weight is yet, but I think I'm about five or eight pounds away from that. So, um, so the journey will continue, but um, I had to buy new pants. Now, I mentioned on a previous podcast that I was doing the podcast in what I called my fat pants. And my fat pants were 32-inch pants that I owned for two years that I couldn't wear because it was like stuffing a balloon into a shoe. Like it just stuff was hanging out all over the place. It was awful. It was not a pretty sight. And I apologize for putting that visual in your head right now. You are going to have to deal with that for the rest of the day. Anyhow, it wasn't pretty. But I got to the point where I could actually put them on and they felt comfortable which is ultimately what what I'm trying to achieve with all the clothes that I wear is that they just have to feel comfortable. Um, And a lot of times they didn't, but those pants were now comfortable, but they've actually, they're actually a little too big for me now. So I thought, well, it's time to buy some new pants. So I went 
down to uh, to buy some 31-inch pants. And I tried those on, and I was like, huh, still a little bit of give on these. It ended up I bought two pairs of pants that are a 30-inch waist, and uh, I'm sitting in them right now. You can't tell, but uh, and they're a comfortable 30. Now, I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, okay, now I want to see if I can get into a 29-inch waist. I do believe that that's possible. But that's not my my goal. I'm not I'm not setting these artificial goals that I'm going to push myself for. It for me when I started this journey, it was like do the things that you know will enable weight loss to happen intelligently, and then see where the process takes you. So again, I set milestones of where I thought I could go, but I'm not. Um, uh, like it's not, you know, like I have to get to this. It's like I'm observing and seeing what's happening. And I said my initial goal, I thought my goal weight was 170, but I'm now 169.6 and my weight continues to drop um, slowly over, you know, over over the weeks and months. So I'm just going to, again, and I'm not doing anything extreme. So, you know, I'm not, uh, there's no calorie deprivation or anything else. I'm, I'm, I'm following sensible habits for a, that I can do for a lifetime. So, you know, I always, you know, I eat good meals. I'm always full after I eat. I don't go to bed hungry, all those sorts of things. So um, anyhow, so, so things have gone really, really well in, on, on that journey. And my mother asked me this really great question. And this is what I wanted to share with you today. She said, so like, what's the difference now compared to when I wrote my book back in 2012? So let me just jump back a little bit to that book. So, um, I had been a vegetarian for years, vegetarian for years, um, was a horrible vegetarian because again people would look at me and go aren't vegetarians supposed to be thin and I was again you know sort of in the 190 range and uh, ended up I I discovered paleo and so I jumped into the paleo diet and I had great success with that and I and I lost a bunch of weight and I ended up writing a book and I was invited to speak at like paleo effects a few times and that all went really well um, for a couple of years, and then I did what I think a lot of us can relate to is I drifted off course, and I stopped uh, – well, I drifted off course. And so my mother's question was like, so what's the difference now compared to then? Because back then I thought I had it all figured out. And so I wanted to share three things um, that I mentioned to her that I think will be really helpful to you, specifically and especially if you struggle with your weight. So the first thing for me, um, and, and again, I've got three things. It, it may end up being four, who knows, but I just kind of jotted down a couple of things I wanted to share with you. But the first thing that um, that I said to her was that, you know, back then I was just doing stuff. So my whole goal was to get to this destination. Like I had this look in my head that I wanted to get to. And my goal was to to do whatever I had to do to get there. But the reality was I was just doing a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I didn't know exactly everything I was doing. Like if you had said, like, tell me everything you're doing. There was a few things I I, I definitely knew for sure that I was really diligent with that I did on a daily basis. But not everything was on a daily basis. Uh, one of the things I did on, an, on a daily basis is I started logging my foods. Um, that's probably the only thing that I can think of back then that I did on a daily basis. 
everything else was, you know, I was, I, I can't even recall exactly what kind of workouts I was doing. I know they were extreme. I tried to shorten them a bit, but they were still really extreme. Like I would push myself right to the edge of my workout that I, I had this extreme mentality in place. But ultimately, it was just stuff. So again, if you sat me down and you said, okay, Dean, like, tell me everything you're doing and how this all fits into your philosophy. I would have been all over the place. It would have been sort of this mumbo jumbo, like, oh, I did a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And But I really would have had a hard time sort of telling you everything I was doing. The difference between then and now is that, and I spent a lot of time thinking about that past success and then ultimate failure. Because essentially I went back, I didn't go all the way back to where I once was, but pretty darn close. I have a... I have a before photo that um, I will probably show at some point that I took earlier this year. And I actually think I was bigger in that photo than I was when I had my initial success back in 2011, 2012. Um, so I completely lost my train of thought there. What it was going- Oh, yeah, what's the, difference between- <laughs> what's the difference between then and now? So I spent a lot of time thinking about that period of time and, I, and, and all the mistakes that I made. And one of the the mistakes there was the fact that I now believe, it is now my mindset, that I believe that we change our bodies based on what we do every single day. So I started focusing on vital behaviors. So that was also a key key mindset shift for me. Vital behaviors is behaviors that had the highest leverage for me, that would give me the greatest results. I started focusing on vital behaviors that I could do every single day. Because back before, um, I don't know how often I was training, but I want to guess and say it was five days a week. But if it wasn't, if I'm not doing it every day, then I don't think that it ultimately has any real impact on what it is you're trying to do. Now, I know different people will argue with me on that, but that's, this is my philosophy. I was putting a philosophy together for myself. And this time around, I thought, I need to come up with a list of behaviors that I do every day single day and they're vital behaviors so it's not just i don't want to be doing stuff i want to do the things that i believe and then i can ultimately prove um get me the greatest bang for my buck and i believed i believed that ultimately there were 10 behaviors and i this would make a a good podcast somewhere else but i actually stole that idea from the business world because when you look at the um there's a a great book called great by choice i think i've mentioned this before um jim collins talked about this and they called it a smack list but the companies that have been great for an extended period of time they had these core set of behaviors that they followed without fail without failure and they didn't change much over the course of their 25 or 30 years that 80 percent of them were still intact and I thought, why are we not doing that with our bodies? Why do we not? Why are we not coming up with um, vital behaviors, or you can call them principles, whatever you want to call them, that do not, that will not change over the course of your life? And so I set out to do that for my body, and I created my ten. And I would say right now, of my ten, I there is definitely, and I'm not saying that my list is perfect at this point in time, but my list of ten has allowed me to get down to 169.6 right now. So I know that they work, but they're not finished. I don't have anything in there right now on sleep, and I know that that's going to be a big part of my program moving forward. 
Um, I haven't tackled sleep yet, but I will. So I know that that will be moved in. And I've already got one or two that I can either combine with another one or it no longer sits in my top 10 anymore. But that's the first thing that was different was that this time around, I was focusing on what I would do every single day without fail. Without fail. And I'm going to keep repeating that because that's really important. Right. And so, and again, there's, there's nuances to all this as well, too. Like this is, this is, this is ultimately going to go into the book and the course that I create. But uh, even within, within that, I had to create something where I was stretching myself, meaning I had to force myself to grow. Think of myself like an elastic. I have to stretch myself, but I wasn't crushing myself. And in the past, I say when I was doing my exercise in the past, I was crushing myself because it was too extreme. Extreme is not sustainable long term. And so I, I learned that lesson. So this time around, it's like you got to stay away from the extreme stuff. I'm an extreme junkie. And so I have to be very, very cautious and very aware uh, when I start you know, trending in that direction. So that was the first thing. I was just doing stuff. This time around, I set out to do 10 vital behaviors that I was going to do every single day. Um, the second mistake that I made back then was I was only focused on the destination. I had no thought about what would happen once I got there. And so what that means is that, well, I mean, it's self-explanatory. I was only focused on getting to whatever I thought at that point in time was going to be my ideal weight, which I had given no thought what I thought that was. I did give that a lot of thought this time around. Before I even started, I sat down and I created something called a vivid vision. Not my idea. Uh, again, from stole this idea from the business world. This will also go into the course and the book that I'm going to be writing at some point soon. But I created a vivid vision for myself, and it was what did I, what did my ideal future look like? Like what was I going to look like? How was I going to think? How was I going to act? So it wasn't just it wasn't just about weight. It was much greater than that. It was about you know how would I carry myself. Um, I also did talk about like clothes that I would be wearing. It's interesting. I went back to it last night and in my vivid vision, I believed that a 32-inch pant with a bit of give was my destination. Never even thought that 30 was a possibility. And now I'm at 30 and I'm like, wow, like that, you know, again, I think just kind of blew my mind that um, – I achieved something far beyond what I thought was achievable. And I think there's a lesson in that too, that I think for most of us, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with setting a realistic goal, but be open to the idea that once you get there, that maybe it's possible to, to go further, that maybe that goal was just a milestone, but there's another milestone below that one. And so that's also how I'm thinking about these things is that I hypothesize what I think I can achieve and then when I get there, I reassess. And it's like, am I – so for example, now I thought initially my goal weight was 170. I now don't believe that that's my goal weight. I believe it might be 165-ish somewhere plus or minus two or three pounds. So we'll see. And I don't know what it is yet. And I'm open to exploring to see what it is and not in a fanatical way um, but in an intelligent uh, slow paced, you know, sort of hair or no tortoise, the tor- you know, taking the tortoise approach of like, continue doing what you're doing. Let's see where I am next month. I'll see the trends. I'll be able to make some ideas. But um, 
I was only focused on the destination. I had no idea what I was going to do once I got to my destination. And again, I took those lessons from that time and I thought, okay, first of all, you have to have a clear sense of of where you want to get to. But see, for most people, um, this is a major mistake that we make is we only, again, we focus on like, I want to lose, first of all, we focus on the outcome rather than the behaviors, right? So people say, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds, which is always this arbitrary number that means nothing to people in, in, at the end of the day. Um, but we don't ever think about like, okay, what happens once you get there? Because people think the challenge is losing weight and it is a challenge. You know what's a harder challenge? Sustaining it. And there are all sorts of quotes out there. Um, and again, you have to take this with a grain of salt. But the one that I really like is that 0.01% of people who lose 30 or more pounds are able to maintain that weight loss. Now, keep in mind that that doesn't mean that because you've lost 30 pounds, you're now in shape, right? I could have been 400 pounds and now I'm 350 pounds. And now I've been able to maintain that weight. It doesn't mean that I'm in shape, but the the message is still there's a very small percentage of people who lose weight and can keep it off. And so for me, it was understanding that actually weight loss, as hard as that is, is actually not the greatest challenge. The greatest challenge is how do you sustain it? And I know from my past mistakes that the reason that I wasn't able to sustain it was because I was investing in behaviors that were extreme. Right. So, for example, think about things that we see people do all the time. And maybe you've done this, right? Boot camps. I run like crazy from anything that says boot camp because boot camp, by its, the nature of the word, is an extreme activity. It's not sustainable long term. We shouldn't be teaching people to be joining boot camps. They're not sustainable long term. And it violates the law of cause and effect. Sorry, I'm getting all excited. It violates the law of cause and effect, right? We, we constantly do this. But like a boot camp is you're going to go into something for 7, 14, 21 days, and you're going to do this thing. And But this is what happens when we join these things. Because they're so extreme, the psychological component at play here, and I did this with an extreme program that I did for 90 days, and I'll tell you exactly how it played out for me, is that I did a reverse countdown. You know, after my first week, I'm like 83 days left. And then it was, you know, 77 days left. And it just, I kept, and then I was halfway through and it's like 45 days left. The problem with a reverse countdown is that you're just trying to get through it. And when the end comes, and I remember at the end of my 90 days, nobody knew. Nobody could tell that anything, I had done anything at all. I looked, my before picture looked just like my after picture. But at the end of 90 days, I thought, oh, you know what? I'll just do it again. But I didn't because I had burnt myself out. It wasn't sustainable long term. And I hadn't thought about that. Like I, I, this idea of not only getting to the destination, but then being able to sustain it is a very, very different animal in and of itself. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about whatever I'm doing now. And this is a good question for you to ask yourself. But if I'm going to do this today, can I keep doing this five years from now? Now, There are some things that I do, for example, I took sugar to my diet and people might look at that and say, oh my God, that's really extreme. Like I don't, I, I can't see myself doing that five years from now. 
it's misleading because you don't know the history with me and sugar. Like you don't know, although you're going to know now because I'm going to tell you, but I started taking sugar to my diet about 20 years ago. So it might sound extreme when I say, yes, I decided to take sugar to my diet, but I actually took it out of my coffee. I was trying to figure, I don't ex- exactly know when this was, but let's say 15 years ago, I started, I realized that I was, I used to drink coffee with two teaspoons of sugar and then a whole bunch of milk or cream. And so I decided that I was going to take it out of my coffee. And I think initially I went from two teaspoons to one teaspoon. And then I went to no sugar, but lots of, lots of cream. And then at some point, I, uh, I took cream out. And so I actually drink my coffee black now. So it started with that. And then there were other little things that happened over the years where there were certain foods. Like I stopped buying certain kinds of I, – I used to buy cereals. I stopped buying cereals. So there was this evolution that happened so that eventually I got to the point where I took it out completely. But again, if you look at it and you say, oh my god, he took sugar out completely, that's not where I started. And so um, – but again, the whole point of this is that everything that I'm doing now, I ask the question, like could I be doing this five years from now? So um, – you know, when it comes to exercise, again, I was before I started this program for myself. I was doing a program, um, a great program, gymnastic bodies, and they have um, three stretch routines that they do that are all roughly forty-five minutes long. Forty-five minutes is too long for me. That's not that's not sustainable behavior for me to do. And I'm not saying. I haven't figured out yet. I'm not doing it right now. I decided to put that on the shelf for now, and it's something I'm going to look at later. But I will figure out a much shorter version of that program to do. But I realized 45 minutes is way too much. And I, only, I didn't even ask the question, like, do I need to do 45 minutes? Like, um, one of the new questions that I asked myself when I started this time was like, why don't we start with rather than jump into the maximum, let's see what the minimum amount of exercise is that I need to do to change my body. And you know what I found for me? 10-minute body, baby, 10-minute body. I do 10 minutes of exercise every single day, and I don't know if I'm uh, – I was thinking about whether or not I would do those cheesy before and after photos. I did it back in 2012, and I thought it's great for marketing, and I don't know. I'll have to figure out some happy medium with this. But um, um, you can get – you'd be amazed what you can accomplish in 10 minutes. Now, again, that's 10 minutes I do that every single day without fail. So again, this was about sustainability and it's about daily vital behaviors that I'm going to perform every single day without fail, without failure that will stretch me, but it won't crush me. 10 minutes a day stretches me, but it does not crush me. So that's the second thing was that I had no, I had no eye on what would happen once I got to my destination, that it's actually a lot harder to sustain the results. So I was really, my whole focus on this was, I'll get to my destination at some point. Like I'll keep tweaking, pivoting, um, you know, testing, experimenting. I'll figure it out eventually. I'll get there. That's a good mindset in and of itself. I will get there somehow over time. But I also need to be thinking about once I get there, then how do I maintain it? Uh, the way I, the mindset that I use is think in decades, not days, right? So I'm not, I'm not interested now in these 30, anything that has a number attached to it, I'm not interested in it because it's not sustainable. I'm interested in what I can do for decades, right? Not just for days, for decades. So that was the second thing that I told my mom. And the third thing that, um, and this is the biggest thing really, and I kept, I kept the best thing for last, is um, that ultimately 
what causes us to fail is that we stop doing whatever it was that we were doing. And that was, that was sort of the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I shared with my mother was that, you know, I said, ultimately, at the, at the end of all this, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I, I wasn't really clear on what I was doing. See, like the difference now, when if you were to say, Dean, um, what are the 10 vital behaviors that you perform? I can write them down in exactly the order that, that they, they need to be in without having to refer to anything. Like I know them off by heart. Uh, now, it took me time to learn them, but I, I know exactly what it is I do every single day, and that's what I, I, I score myself on at the end of each day. I give myself a score out of 10 on that. But um, I think, again, I may have lost my train of thought here. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, but I... So back in the day, I was doing a bunch of stuff, and then, again, couldn't tell you exactly everything I was doing, but one of the things was I was logging my foods. And at some point... <laughs> Sorry, it's going to make me sound like such a knucklehead. I remember at one point where I was progressing, things were going well, and I remember looking in the mirror, and I actually said these words to myself. I said, I got this all figured out. I literally thought I had everything all figured out. And my new reality is, you know what? I am always going to be learning. I'm always going to be testing. And you never... You never get there, that you're always working to get there, but you get closer to getting there, but you never arrive. You're always going to be learning, tweaking, discovering, testing, trying new things, like I mentioned earlier, like at sleep at some point is going to become a major component of my program, but it's currently not, you know, it's not a major component right now. So it's a... Um, um, I think I lost my train of thought. Again, that's the third time. What the heck is happening? I'll tell you exactly what's happening. I was supposed to eat. Um, oh my goodness. I was supposed to eat an hour ago. This is, I, I eat my first meal at 12, but I thought I better record this before I eat. Otherwise, uh, it'll be mayhem. I think it's mayhem regardless. Um, but essentially, oh yeah, sorry. I know what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. so I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I thought I had it all figured out. And shortly thereafter, I made, I, I remember thinking, you know what? I don't need to log my foods anymore. And that's when things go downhill for people. The moment that you start thinking, no, no, you know what? I can now estimate what I'm doing. And I literally thought I was a great estimator. And I said on a previous podcast, as humans, it's scientifically, scientifically proven. We're horrible estimators. But ultimately, I stopped doing all the things that I was doing. And it, again, is what I, I alluded to earlier. It was I violated the law of cause and effect. The moment that you remove the cause, you remove the effect. And we do this all the time. Like if I said, if you struggle with your weight and you and I were to sit down and do a coaching call right now and I said to you, do me a favor and just write down all the things that you do um, consistently without fail every single day to build your successful body. For most people, they would have a list of zero. There's nothing they do consistently. They don't even, they've never even thought about it. And I'm, I'm putting that question out to you now. Like, what do you do consistently every single day without fail that helps you begin that process of building a successful body? People don't do anything. And, and, and it's, not a, it's not a criticism. We're not taught to think this way. But we're terrible managers of our own behavior. We don't give it any thought. We just do stuff. And we do stuff for a certain period of time. And then there's something in us. I call it, for me, I call it the darkness. It's, it's this voice in our head that is looking to derail us at any moment's notice. And 
And that story I told you about back in the day when I, I, the moment that I said I got this all figured out, my darkness went, oh, we got our opening, people. Let's go. Everybody through that door. It just opened up. I opened the door wide open for the darkness. And then it comes in and it does everything possible to get you to, you know, get off the path that you're on. Right. And so it was the one that came up with the idea. Hey, you don't need to log anymore. And I'm like, hey, I don't need to log anymore. It's like, you idiot. You know, I, I start, I, again, I started doing all these things. And I'm, I, by the way, I'm using the word idiot because at that point in time, it was, it was an idiot thing to do. And I want it to be harsh. Like I want, um, I'm specifically using that language because I want it to be harsh. Was like, you know, I, I started acting like an idiot. I started, you know, I got overconfident. I started thinking I didn't need to do things anymore, that I'm different, that I can violate the law of cause and effect and it won't have any impact on me. Whatever it is you're doing to get results, the moment that you remove it, the result will go away. So you have to make sure that whatever it is you're doing is sustainable, right? If you're doing some kind of crazy boot camp thing and you're in way over your head with a behavior, you need to recognize right away and be like, yeah, okay, that's way too much for me. You know, I need to start off with a, something smaller, right? With this idea, you want to think about an evolution, right? You're going to work your way up. Same thing when I talked about sugar, right? In an ideal world, what I would say to you is take all sugar out of your diet right now. But for 99.9% of people, that is a leap that is way too big for people. People are not going to be able to make that leap. And so what's going to happen is you're going to crush them, right? Because they're going to try it and they're going to use the way that they're going to power through that is with force. Force is not sustainable long term. So anyhow, let me recap. Uh, This was all over the place again, I feel. But I think this is a good one. I think this will be a good one. It'll be some great ideas that you can pull from this that you can begin to reflect on on your journey to building not only a successful body, but successful relationships, successful, you know, uh, personal relationship with yourself, successful business, successful health, whatever it happens to be. I think I said health already. I wanted to say life. That was the other one. So just a quick recap. Um, so for me, again, there were three reasons, three reasons that I failed. And the first one was that I was just doing stuff. I had no actual list of vital behaviors that I was performing every single day without fail. I was sort of doing stuff haphazardly uh, and I was using sort of extreme solutions. Number two, I was only focused on the destination because I thought that was the hardest part of the journey. I was not focused on, yeah, but what happens once you get there? Like how do you now sustain this for uh, not only days, weeks, and months, but years and decades? And then the third one was that I simply stopped doing everything that was getting me results. I violated the law of cause and effect, right? I took away the cause and I ultimately took away the effect. And it took me years, years to get back to where I am now. But the difference this time is I am, um, I am I'm light years ahead of where I was back then. And I'm also a little bit more humbled now by the whole process and realize that you never arrive. And I'm never going to get to a point where I'm going to say, I got this all figured out because I know that in a, in, in a matter of a day, like, if I say I've got this all figured out, the darkness swoops in and then all of a sudden it hijacks my thinking and it starts sort of saying, yeah, yeah, you know what? You don't need to log your foods anymore. I need to log my foods every single day. Hey, you don't want, Dean, don't, you don't need to weigh your foods. You just need, estimating is fine. I need to weigh everything that I eat every single day. Anyhow, that's it, my friend. That, um, that is today's show. Um, try to see, like, there are a whole bunch of things that I talked about in there. Sort of, 
What are the things that really resonated with you that I talked about? And how could you begin to use them not only to build your own version of a successful body, but your own version of your successful life? So have a great rest of today. Have a great weekend if you're listening to this on a weekend. And uh, I'll talk to you again next week. Ciao.